G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on Monday, good to touch base with the Australian Christian Lobby who are, a part, who are across all of the issues that are in play and a very important week ahead. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Uh, Martin, just uh, let's start with uh, a church service that you're attending tomorrow. Uh, the the House and the Senate, uh, they're going to pause at the beginning of really getting back to work for a, a new year and uh, a parliamentary church service. You'll be going to that one tomorrow morning. Yes, I will. That's true. So it's at uh, 7.15am for a 7.30 start at St. Christopher's Manica, for those who know Canberra. And the Prime Minister will be there, the opposition leader will be there, uh, you know, a whole bevy of politicians will come. But the important thing is that that church service is a long-standing tradition. It happens um, at the beginning of every parliamentary year. And uh, the, the difficulty we had was we started to go along to these and realised that they were dying and that the Christian community in Canberra was not lending them the support they needed to continue. And we were worried that the uh, tradition would go the way of the dinosaur. So we've been really uh, talking about this and advertising it and, and, uh, and making sure that all the Christians locally know about it. And we've seen over the last uh, two services in particular, but especially last year, a huge increase in attendance. And in fact, it was in a very, very large church last year. It's St Andrews Presbyterian near the near State Circle, and it was full to the brim. So that's been really wonderful to see the Christian community in Canberra come out and support this important tradition. And I'd say anyone who's listening in the Canberra region, hey, come along, 7.30am tomorrow. But I also believe it's being live-streamed, um, but I don't have those details in hand. Maybe you do, Neil. Okay, well, it's going to be on YouTube. So it'll be a very simple search on YouTube to find the live stream starts at 7.30 in the morning, ACT time. So for those uh, uh, in daylight savings, so 7.30am, if you're around Australia and the other different time zones, do your own calculation. Starts at 7.30 tomorrow morning, ACT time. And the important thing here, uh, and as you say, Martin, it's a long-standing tradition. The Prime Minister will be there, the Leader of the Opposition will be there. They'll even have an opportunity to read from the Scriptures. Do they get? Do you know if they get to choose their own Scriptures? or uh, does somebody set them up to uh, to read a scripture? Any thoughts around how they participate in the service? It depends. Uh, I know that the Prime Minister has said in the past that he has chosen the scriptures that he has read, um, and so I think that that is an option that is open to them. Uh, there is usually a message that is delivered uh, by a church leader uh, at the event as well, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's voluntary attendance. None of the politicians that are there are compelled to go, but certainly all the Christian politicians tend to, uh, and some others will often come as well who have some kind of faith in their background or still regard it as important. And we just have always thought that, you know, traditions like this, it's no small thing for them to come and pray uh, together for the parliamentary year, for the policies that will be passed and for their role as parliamentarians. Um, such a crucial thing. And uh, we've taken a very strong view that it, it, it must continue. Uh, and those politicians that will 
to be there. And at the moment, that includes the Prime Minister and the opposition leader. Um, you know, those politicians that wish to be there do come and they should be supported in that. Well, as I understand it, the sermon tomorrow will be delivered by Pastor Gabor Sabo, who's part of the Canberra Queanbeyan Lutheran Parish. Uh, 7.30 tomorrow morning, ACT time, you'll be able to catch it on YouTube. Uh, there's big things happening this week, Martin. Let's turn our attention to Victoria, the Victorian Conversion Bill. Uh, it's going to be voted on in the Upper House. It could be earlier uh, this week, like tomorrow, but uh, potentially later on in the week. What are your thoughts around the importance of what's going on in Victoria this week? Well, this is potentially one of the most significant things that has happened in Australia from a religious freedom perspective. I don't know that there's been a policy or a law put forward uh, that has more significant implications for religious freedom in the last hundred years. Um, the I was trying to actually think, Neil, about how to capture what the bill really is all about, what it's actually going to achieve, because it's a complicated thing. And you can find yourself talking about parents and you can talk about pastors and you can talk about LGBT people who want to live as people of faith and you know how it affects all these different groups. And it gets very complicated. But I thought about it and I thought, you know what, what this bill really is doing is it is destroying an idea. Um, and I, I got that actually from their own words uh, in the uh, in the uh, preparatory documents and, and papers that they'd written when they were thinking about creating this legislation. They actually want to destroy ideology, they called it. It's not ideology, it's just scientific fact and truth. Uh, but they, they're about destroying an idea. Uh, and it's an idea that they've called heteronormativity, which simply is the idea that children are boys and girls, that boys grow up to be men, girls grow up to be women, Men and women are made for each other and they get married and they have kids and that's a family and that's a good thing. That's, that's the idea. And some people say, oh, that's archaic, that's quaint. Well, actually, they want to punish this idea with up to 10 years in jail. Um, if you're a parent who's promoting the idea in the home when you have a gender dysphoric child or a same-sex attractive child and you want to explain to them what you believe, all right, that's a problem. Uh, if you are a pastor in a pulpit who's preaching or praying for somebody or whatever, that's a problem. If you're a person who... If, experiences same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria, but you want to be a Christian first, and you want to talk to others who want to live out their uh, their, their lives as Christians and therefore be celibate or, or talk about, you know, the possibility of change, okay, that's also a problem. These are all criminal things. These are crime. The police investigations could begin at any time. If you're Joe Bloggs in the pub arguing about this with somebody, you know, again, this becomes a, a, an area that's legally fraught. Um, now, that is the scale of this. It's, it's, it's that incredibly bad. Um, and uh, I've been really encouraged, Neil, over the last little while to see the groundswell of people and of church leaders who have started to realise that this is not, um, this is not an exaggeration. Uh, this is real. Uh, this is actually happening, and uh, certainly on the weekend, for example, in the Herald Sun, which is Australia's most widely read newspaper, there was a great big double spread page, which was organised by ACL, uh, and it had the phrase, Dear Premier, we are not criminals, and the text of an open letter from church leaders to the Premier, and it was signed by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of church leaders, and their names were in the background in small print, just in columns. Uh, and it was very, very impressive to see these many hundreds of senior pastors from all over Victoria putting their name out there and saying, hey, you know, we're not criminals. This is wrong. There was also a protest, a rally on the steps of Parliament on Saturday. Um, that was necessarily a little bit limited because of COVID, but I think about 500 people were there and also uh, about 1,400, 1,500 people in total ended up tuning in online to watch that as well. 
Uh, and there's been many other things. We've been walking the halls of Parliament. We've personally appealed to the senior leaders of the political parties in Victoria. Um, there's been huge amounts of work done in legal briefs and all this. And uh, I just want to say to people, if you have not yet, and thousands of you have, and I mean tens of thousands of you have, made phone calls and sent emails to your politicians, but if you haven't done it yet, you know, now's the time. Uh, a lot of people don't do it because they're a little nervous, but you are their constituent. They're not going to have a go at you. They're going to listen to you. Just ring up and say, please, you know, this bill impacts my family in a negative way and my faith, and I'd like you to vote against it. It's crucial. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. This is Daniel Andrews, Victoria. It's a tough, tough environment. Uh, but, you know, we cannot be silent at times like this because this bill could become a precedent uh, and we don't want that to happen. Martin, you might be able to shed some light here for listeners all around Australia uh, because this Victorian bill expressly applies to all Australians. And I know some listeners might be thinking, how does uh, what laws they make in Victoria affect the people in Western Australia or the Northern Territory or uh, Queensland, New South Wales, Tasmania? How is this bill so wide-reaching that while they can make these laws in Victoria, all Australians will be under some application here? Yes, some people find this hard to accept, but it is um, it's, it is actually true and it is legally possible. So um, what happens is that there is a section in the bill and it's called extraterritorial application. In other words, how does this bill apply in New South Wales, Western Australia, Queensland and the other parts of the country? Uh, and it says that if some conduct is done in another part of the country, so let's say a pastor preaches a sermon in Sydney and he uploads it onto the internet and a Victorian downloads that sermon, someone in Victoria, that person, because they are in Victoria and they are covered by Victorian law and the harm that they say they're going to suffer by looking at this sermon uh, is, 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 is suffered in Victoria, uh, they can start a, a legal action against that pastor in Sydney. Uh, and that is legally perfectly okay, actually. So people sometimes say, oh, that can't be right. Well, it is right. And so any conduct online by anybody anywhere in the country suddenly falls under a cloud. Because if somebody from Victoria with an activist mindset or who gets upset sees that content, they can send police after you and start an investigation. So this bill applied in a certain way, not in its full effect, but in a certain way, right the way around the country. Um, and and that's 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 uh, a reason why we as ACL are going to start a campaign and encourage people to be a part of it to actually other state governments to confirm that they will not allow this kind of enforcement to take place in their states. Mm. Hey, the idea of criminalising any view of gender that is uh, that is you know when we're talking about being a Christian, uh, we don't change the Bible. The Bible teaching is not changing. The Bible has a very obvious view, but this is a a bill that's going to criminalise any view of gender, sexuality, or marriage that is biblical. So Christians are very much the target here. Absolutely. It's destroying an idea, as I said, and it is, uh, it is very much targeted against people with a Christian view. Uh, it's no surprise. I mean, um, this is sort of the Andrews government MO. I'm going to be doing a segment on my program that just goes through all of the things that the Andrews government has done that are blatantly and specifically anti-Christian. They've got a real agenda uh, going on there, which is, which is uh, quite sad. But, you know, I'm reminded uh, this has come to a point in my mind where it's a little bit like in the Book of Acts 
where uh, the apostles, they say to the Sanhedrin, or I used to call them the old, um, the old anti-discrimination tribunal, because they get told they need to stop saying certain things. And they say to them, we must obey God rather than men. And I look at this bill and I think, well, this has got to be futile, right? Because uh, when it comes to the truth about male and female, when it comes to raising our kids in that truth, when it comes to the truth about what marriage is and God's design around all those sorts of things, these are parts of, this is creation. Uh, and the creator and his creation matters. And we know that as Christians. And so when God has said what his creation is for and what it's meant to be, uh, we have to tell the truth about that. And we can't live by lies. We can only live by the truth. And so I'm sitting here thinking, well, this must be a futile law because people must obey God rather than men. We must continue to do what we've always done. Um, and did we, uh, it's my hope that that happens um, and that we, we fight this through our lives and through our conduct if it should pass uh, the Victorian Parliament this week. Um, and we should live the same as we always have. Uh, and our courage should be the weapon going forward. Uh, just quickly, and there's so many issues to tackle, but this one is the big issue this week, I think. Uh, the idea that Christians might take some level of action, uh, you've mentioned that there's a whole lot of, uh, like hundreds of church leaders who have been uh, signing all sorts of things that uh, will you know, put their name to an objection to this sort of law. Uh, for those who are listening to us today, uh, all states and territories all around Australia, what are you encouraging people to do this week that might have some level of impact on this idea? Uh, any thoughts here, Martin? Uh, there's two things. I would say if you're a leader, I would encourage you to actually talk about this because this isn't going away. And if we continue to be silent, then we won't be able to talk about it when it comes to your state or your part of the world. And I think talk about it, think about it biblically, think about how to answer the questions, look at some of the resources put out. Dale Stevenson from Crossway Baptist Church has got a video up on their YouTube site where he does it as a pastor, goes through it in a beautiful way. I think he's been wonderful, uh, and I encourage you to go and look. So there's information. But the other thing I just want everyone to do is if you're in the state of Victoria and you haven't already, please contact your MP. Uh, please do that. Uh, whether it's by phone call or email, preferably phone call, just to say, look, this affects my faith. Please, this is wrong. Just be heard. Raise your voice. Um, and look, if you're in another part of the country and you feel compelled that you would really like to do something more and, and make the call or send the email, uh, it, look, it will be less effective because you're outside the state and your vote doesn't count to the government. However, if there was a, a groundswell of people who contacted Daniel Andrews's office from interstate, uh, that could make some small difference. So you're very welcome to do that, to contact Daniel Andrews' office uh, in the state of Victoria and say, look, I'm concerned about this for the same reasons as the people in Victoria are, but also because it applies to me as well. It's got an extra territorial application uh, that puts me at risk. Okay, so that vote could happen as early as tomorrow, more likely to happen as uh, around Thursday. So uh, a little bit of time there, but uh, be in touch with MPs. Uh, the other big issue this week, and it's been looming again, the abortion to birth bill in South Australia. Uh, it's going to be debated in the South Australian lower house. Uh, what's the story with that one this week? Well, the timing on this one is not entirely clear, so uh, it may or may not be voted on this week now. We thought it was going to come tomorrow. We might actually have a little more time, uh, which is a good thing. But uh, this effectively is just some changes to the abortion laws in South Australia that will make it legal for abortion right up to and including the point of birth, which is uh, horrendous and barbaric, and it involves the killing of viable and living babies. Now, we 
feel like we cannot allow that to happen for obvious reasons. We know that when the law changes, practice changes as well. We've got statistics out of other states where babies aborted at that phase. It's not uncommon anymore, regrettably. Um, and we did some polling that 71% of South Australians agree they don't support late-term abortion, and we've been able to get that polling uh, into the news cycle. But a, a really troubling development was that uh, we uh, had a full-page ad to go into the Adelaide Advertiser on this issue uh, on Saturday. Uh, and late on Friday, around 5pm, we were contacted by the Adelaide Advertiser to say that they were declining to run the ad. Uh, and when we asked what reason, they said the quote in the ad is incorrect. And we said, well, no, it's not. Here's the source. Here's the reference. Here's the government report that says it. And so they acknowledged that the quote in the ad was accurate. But they said, nonetheless, um, we don't want to run it for editorial discretionary reasons. And that was that. So they've completely censored one side of the debate. Uh, what we're going to do instead uh, is we're going to get that ad put up on mobile billboards and it's going to go around all of Adelaide and particularly in the marginal electorates where we're trying to put pressure on MPs to vote to ban late-term abortions. And that is an amendment that's coming in and there is a very real chance, and I encourage people to pray, and again, contact their MPs uh, if they're in South Australia because there is an amendment to stop late-term abortions that will be tabled as part of that debate process, there's a very real chance it could succeed. And that would be extremely meaningful. It's not everything, but it's meaningful. So that's the prayer point this week, and that's the, that's the effort. And one more thing, uh, there's a Walk for Life on Saturday, this Saturday the 6th of February at 10 o'clock in the morning at Pennington Gardens. I'll be speaking at that, uh, and that will also be a public demonstration uh, of pro-life support in relation to this law. Martin, it certainly affirms these are challenging times. This is not theoretical. This is happening. And the encouragement to listeners today, uh, become informed about these things. Take action where you can. You might need to uh, just assess your determination and become a little more committed to doing something, uh, being in contact with someone uh, who is in authority so that there could be some change and some of these things could be blocked. Uh, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website. And uh, we've only touched on a couple of issues today and there are many more. Uh, you'll be able to find details about those other issues when you go to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. That's acl. .org.au. Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, Martin, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.